This is the Creep Score Podcast. Hi there, and welcome to the very first episode of the podcast, Creep Score. This is a podcast that is going to be focusing on esports and internet related gaming in general. I will generally be looking at the MOBA genre. I'm not too big on those Battle Royale games. Those are a little bit before my time. Speaking of my time, a little bit of background about myself. My name is Casey, and I have been a gamer for the past... Ooh... 25 years, give or take. Ever since I could hold a controller, I've been playing video games. I'm now into my 30s, so you kind of do the math on that one. Recently, I have been really into the MOBA scene. And by recently, I mean since its inception, since sort of League of Legends really kind of kicked things off and would maybe, what, 2009-ish? Definitely into 2010, at the latest. Started playing LoL, and I really got into it. I really got into the pro scene, even before the League Championship series was sort of a thing. I remember watching TSM and some of their older crew, even Rain Man, before he went Rain Man, I guess. So my history in gaming and the MOBA genre is a very extensive one. I've been watching the pro scene for both League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm for the better part of five years now. And it's really fascinating to watch the game evolve. And while I'm no good at the games myself, doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. And you know what they say, those who can't do teach, and those who can't teach, analyze. So that's what I'm going to be doing. So this podcast is going to be a news-related podcast for esports in general with a heavy focus on the MOBA genre hence the name Creepscore. So if you do end up liking what you hear please do drop a review and subscribe to the iTunes feed or wherever you listen to the podcast. If you listen on Stitcher that's great too or anywhere else that kind of accepts reviews. iTunes is the best one for that though it gets the most sort of coverage. So with that said let's get right into it. So this past week We've had some tragic news in the esports world, I should say. Heroes of the Storm is no longer. Same with its affiliate program, Heroes of the Dorm, which is a very interesting and fun tournament, uh, league, if you want to call it that, to watch. Now, why did HGC die? Why did Blizzard kill it? Well, we can always read their statement and kind of pick that apart. So this was released on December 13th which I said was a little over a week ago at this point. Heroes of the Storm News, published December 13th on the news.blizzard website. Quote, We are constantly changing and evolving not only our games, but how we support and grow them. This evolution is vital to our ability to continue doing what we do, making great games. And it's what makes Blizzard, Blizzard. Over the past several years, the work... Evaluating our development process and making hard decisions has led to new games and other products that we are proud of. We now have more live games and unannounced projects than at any other point in the company's history. Side note, I should hope so, the company has been around for fucking ever. So it does make sense that, mm mm-hmm, it's a time they had the most amount of games in their history. But back to it. We're also at a point where we need to take some of our talented developers and bring their skills to other projects. As a result, we've made the difficult decision to shift some developers from Heroes of the Storm to other teams, and we're excited to see the passion, knowledge, and experience that they'll bring to those projects. This isn't the first time we've had to make tough choices like this. 
games like Diablo 2, World of Warcraft, Starcraft 2, Overwatch, and more would not exist had we not made similar decisions in the past. Despite the changes, Heroes of the Storm remains our love letter to Blizzard's worlds and characters. We'll continue actively supporting the game with new heroes, themed events, and other content that our community loves, though the cadence will change. Ultimately, we're setting up the game for long-term sustainability. We're so grateful for the support the community has shown from the beginning, and the development team will continue to support heroes with the same passion, dedication, and creativity that has made the game such a unique experience. I have one problem with that paragraph. Actually, I have many problems with that paragraph, but the main problem I have with that paragraph is how can you have the same passion, dedication, and creativity when earlier they said that they're taking these passionate, knowledgeable, and experienced developers away from Heroes of the Storm? You can't keep an equilibrium there when you are taking things out of the equation. But I digress. Moving on. We've also evaluated our plans around Heroes Esports. After looking at all of our priorities and options in light of the change with the game, Heroes Global Championship and Heroes of the Dorm will not return in 2019. This was another very difficult decision for us to make. The love that the community has for these programs is deeply felt by everyone who works on them, and we ultimately feel this is the right decision moving forward in a way that would not meet standards that players and fans have come to expect. While we don't make these decisions lightly, we do look to the future excited about what the decisions will mean for our other live games and all the projects we have in the works. We appreciate all of our hardworking developers and everyone in the Blizzard community and look forward to sharing many more epic gaming experiences with you in the future. J. Allen Brack and Ray Gresco. So let's dissect what all that means. The bread and butter of that means that they don't believe in Heroes of the Storm, albeit it was never as popular as League of Legends or Dota, or maybe even Smite, even though Smite kind of falls into a weird sort of mix genre there. It didn't have great viewership numbers, let's be honest there, with I believe the grand final of the last HGC clocked in around 60,000 viewers, which is generally like an average, probably less than average for League of Legends numbers, but they're dedicated fans, as the article here has presented. Sometimes it's not about the money, and I really do get that a company needs to make money in order to sustain itself. However, a company the size of Blizzard can probably afford to take a hit on a game such as this. First and foremost, it's a free-to-play game, and it's going to remain free-to-play. If they ever charge money for it, then nobody's ever going to play it. It does probably make a few bucks on the store where people can buy the gems to buy loot boxes or skins or uh, new heroes and all that sort of stuff. Or, you know, people don't have to spend any money on it and just enjoy the game for what it is and play it over and over and over again and collect everything that way. Another thing that this article does mean is that there are a lot of people now out of work. It's a shock announcement that nobody saw coming, which is the biggest problem here. Now, I'm not sure what contracts are like for professional players, but it's my understanding that the HGC professional players were on a salary. Same with the casters and any crew that would work on their live events. The biggest problem there is that there was no warning. Yes, these people play video games for a living and they make a good amount of money doing so. But how is that any different than an athlete? Now recently the Toronto Blue Jays, this is going a little off topic, but it's going to come back full circle, don't worry. 
the Toronto Blue Jays released a player called Troy Tulowitzki from their roster. The Toronto Blue Jays are a professional baseball team here in Toronto, where I'm from. They released him, but he's still under contract. So they still have to pay him something like $38 million to not play for them anymore. Now, ultimately, the pro HGC players' contracts aren't quite that lucrative, nor are they quite that forgiving, I would say. And that is probably the biggest issue with having the publisher run these events. They control everything. Is it possible for all these players, coaches, broadcasters, analysts, so on and so forth, to maybe even sue Blizzard for, you know, taking away their jobs without any notice? They essentially fired probably close to 200 people with no severance, no warning, nothing of the sort. Now, I'd imagine Blizzard would not cancel everything like this have they had the opportunity to be sued by all these people if that were the case it'd probably be unwise for them to do what they just did however it is america and in america you can do a lot of stuff and you can find a lot of loopholes especially when it comes to lawsuits and wrongful dismissals and all sorts of things like that but why did the hgc fail that is probably the thing we have to look at first and foremost the hgc again was never as big as league of legends or dota but that doesn't mean it wasn't popular. I mean, they never had the player base of those games either. However, I don't think that's where HGC or Heroes of the Storm failed in general. Those other games are free to play and they make a lot of money. They must make a lot of money. The prize pools for those tournaments are ridiculous. And their players all have massive sponsorships and all that sort of fun stuff. The biggest problem I think that HGC had was not doing a live audience or a live tournament or a live league, uh, League of Legends, every week, the players go and play a LAN game. They play a couple of games over the course of the weekend at a live studio in front of an audience at which they would most likely sell tickets to, so they're getting revenue that way. Their streams are also much more lucrative. They bring in a lot more people to every single stream every single week, and I definitely think that has a big role to play in how popular the sport became as well. People want to be able to interact, they want to be able to go to these events and cheer on their team. You can do that from your home, absolutely, but there's something about going to live sporting events that has that certain atmosphere. It's a great feeling to cheer on your team in person and seeing the actual athletes or game players or whatever you want to call them in this case actually up there doing their thing in front of everybody. Why Blizzard never implemented this, I can't tell you. I really don't know. I would love to find out. If you know, definitely like drop a comment or something. Send me an email. I'll drop my email in the description of this podcast. Send me a message. I want to know. If you know, I want to know. The game as a whole, however, let's look at that. I've had this discussion with many, many friends many, many times about the validity of HOTS in a competitive market and how it compares to other MOBAs like League of Legends. Now, while I played League of Legends for about two years before the community became too toxic for my blood, I did spend a lot of time on HOTS. Heroes of the Storm became my new lull, and I've put in 2,500 games, maybe more than that even, over the course of the last few years. I was a latecomer to the game. I'd never played the alpha, I didn't play the beta, I didn't even hear about it until, oh, probably 2016, maybe 2015, somewhere in that range. But then I put a ton of time into it, I loved the game, loved it so much. And now I don't feel like playing it at all, and that is because I feel like it's going to die, and I don't want to spend much more time on something that is just going to disappear in the next few years, or months even, who knows at this rate. But the core differences between the two games, and I'm looking at LOL and I'm looking at HOTS here, is the casualness that HOTS brought. And that was something I enjoyed, and that's something that my friend, 
that I have this discussion with a lot, did not enjoy. He wanted the depth. He wanted the strategy or whatever you want to call it. He wanted whatever lull offered. He wanted the last hitting. He wanted the itemization. He wanted, you know, the chance to build their character, however you saw fit sort of thing. And yes, lull had that, but Hots had a little bit of a different thing to do. You could build your hero based on the parameters within the game. If you were Falstad, you built you could build damage, you could build some mobility in there, survivability even. He was never going to be a tank, but then again, Annie in League of Legends is never going to really be a tank. They're just there to have their roles and build a little bit differently based on the circumstances. As you know, every few levels in HOTS, you get to choose what point to put into what? Into your skill. Whereas League, you would go buy an item after a certain amount of time after getting all the creeps, right? Which is fine, that's a great way to do it, but HOTS offered something different. It wasn't Dota and it wasn't LOL, and that was what was good about it. The problem they had with the pro scene, in my opinion, is that they couldn't quite separate the casualness from the competitiveness. They wanted everyday people to go and be able to just pick up a game or two and have some fun with it. Not too toxic, you could even turn your team chat off, that's how limited communication you needed in HOTS. You could do a series of pings and that was about it, that's all you needed. Boom, done. Ding. On my way. League of Legends in the higher levels, especially in the ranked, you got people shouting at you. You have people who think they were the best of the best of the best, telling you what to do at all times. And if you, you know, missed out one creep, oh, game over, GG. That's it. And I found that HOTS didn't have that kind of toxicity to it. Mind you, I kept the team chat off most of the time because I'm very antisocial when it comes to online people. I lose my shit when people lose their shit on me. But that's beside the point. I had a more or less winning record. It was almost 50% win rate in the quick match. A few ranked matches here, a few ranked matches there, a few custom games, whatever. But generally, I had fun, even when I was losing. There were a few times where I rage quit because my team was just not doing what they're supposed to do. And then I thought, well, it's just a fun little casual game. But I still wanted to win. But I wanted to have fun. And that was the main thing. I found I had fun with HOTS more than I did with LOL, especially near the end. The problem with fun and the problem with the casualness of the game is that it didn't translate, as I mentioned before, into the pro play as well as maybe fans would have really liked. Metas started to evolve and Blizzard really didn't want metas to evolve because metas meant people had to play it a certain way, even on the lower levels in the quick match and, you know, free people who were first starting out. And that can lead to bad things when you're supposed to play a game a certain way. And again, that was with League of Legends, if you played a hero that was out of the meta, you'd get flamed and slammed in chat until you cried or quit or uninstalled or killed yourself or whatever asshole said to do. So when HOTS started to develop metas, Blizzard would kind of nerf things. They'd change things around so that people wouldn't play the same heroes or that certain heroes wouldn't be super viable in all realms of play. Whereas League of Legends, I feel, kind of caters towards the pro scene a little bit more. It's their bread and butter. It's their moneymaker. They sell advertising space on Twitch, get sponsorships, all that sort of stuff. So they need people to be watching, which means they need a competitive scene, which means they need to kind of adjust the rules a little bit to get the competitiveness up there. HOTS didn't want to do that. Blizzard didn't want to do that for Heroes of the Storm, which is totally understandable. But at the same time, killing a pro scene about three years into its lifespan is kind of a death sentence for the game. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. In their last update, they did change how quick match works and how matchmaking works and how you need to have at least one healer and one tank on each team and everybody has to have a fairly decent balance. 
which is great, except that now wait times are like 10 minutes if you want to play an assassin. So good luck doing your dailies, <laughs> because all those Valamains out there are now waiting, you know, upwards of three, 400 seconds to just find a bloody quick match. I don't know what ranked is like at the moment, I haven't played it in a while, but uh, I kind of got sick of sitting there waiting. And you can only play Blaze so many times before you go, I want to kill something. Somebody needs to die. But uh, I digress. But what are the reactions to this announcement have been? What have they been? What have the pros been saying? Well, I can tell you, and they haven't been good. Lauber said on December 14th, flat out, fuck you, honestly. Working six hard months with new fantastic teammates for this shit. Radio silence for weeks. I sent multiple emails and all I got back was that they are working on finalizing the details. Lauber is rightly so. <laughs> to be as upset as he is. And I'm going to touch on the quickness and all that sort of stuff of this announcement in a little bit after I read some more of these sort of reactions. Another one from Kala said, There are so many teams and players that have put their heart and soul into this game and have developed livelihoods around this game, myself included. Now, everything gets pulled out from under them. It's absolutely insane, and I'm so fucking tilted about it. Holy crap, I'm so upset. So yeah, I don't know what to do now coach of a game without a competitive scene. He went on to say, I was straight up told by Blizzard employees at BlizzCon that the HGC was going to be the same, funding equal or greater for next year. Liquid's Arcaner said, No point feeling sorry for myself. I'm taking this as an opportunity to escape Blizzard esports in general. Going to enjoy my vacation in Australia before returning to the UK to go all in on LOL esports. Going to stream my grind and hopefully I can pave out a happy future. Last up, Schwimpy had a little bit more of a lighthearted approach, I guess you could say. As an unemployed gamer, sadly, I can't afford a good enough phone to play the new Diablo either. What a sad day. A little bit ironic, I suppose, but it's fun. It's funny. Schwimpy had a good heart about it. Arcaner, looking towards the future. And that's what I've heard a lot of people from the HGC scene are going to try their hand at League. It's a completely different game, though. Mechanics are similar enough, you know, you still have your Q-W-E-R, but you have a little bit more to go at it, and it's a little bit more complicated. I'm not sure a lot of these guys are going to be able to transfer over to League of Legends professional scene. That scene is already very saturated with some very, very good people all around the world. And with the idea and institution of franchising, where teams don't get promoted or relegated anymore, it's hard to break into these rosters. They have a lot of development, and they're taking people that were pros from the past and putting them on development rosters. I believe Acadian now is on TSM as in a development scene. He's on their B roster, whereas he was a starter for the last two or three years. So it's hard to say how the future of these guys is going to really play out. I really, really hope these guys can find their niche and find a way back into the scene, be it streaming lull or even continue streaming Heroes of the Storm, even though there's not much of a point. And I can imagine these streamers who build content around Heroes of the Storm they're just going to fade away. They're going to have to find new work, which is very unfortunate. But I do want to get back to what Lauber said. Now, he did say, Working six hard months with a new fantastic team for this shit, radio silence for weeks. I sent multiple emails and all I got back was that they were working on finalizing the details. And then Kala kind of said later on that he spoke to Blizzard employees at BlizzCon saying that HGC was going to be sent the same. Nothing was going to change. It was going to be even bigger, maybe even better than the following year. And the trends are showing that. While 
numbers for the gameplay were had been going down and interest in the game had been going down, the viewership was at its best in 2018. You can only assume that that trend was going to go up in 2019. But Blizzard didn't want to take the chance, and whether that has to go down to Activision and their role in all this, because that's kind of when Blizzard started taking the head dive into the sewer, was when Activision sort of kind of came in and started meddling in their ways, and so the cost-cutting came in, and HGC was on the chopping block, as we all know. But one little detail in here is that people had spoken to employees at BlizzCon, and this isn't the first time I've heard this, I've heard some few people, including streamers and coaches and content providers, all said the same thing, that as far as they knew, Blizzard was ready to fund the next HGC in January. So either these employees didn't know, and I'm not sure the level of employment that these people had at Blizzard, I don't know if they were just ushers that were just there and they're like, hey guys, what do you think of HGC next year? And they're like, yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm not working for Blizzard after this because I'm just a temp at BlizzCon, but yeah, let's go for it. It's hard to say if that was the case. I have to believe that they were talking to people who knew what they were doing, maybe casters, maybe some analysts, maybe somebody on the broadcast team. Maybe somebody had some insight along the way and they thought sincerely that the game would be back for another year. But that wasn't the case. Now, maybe these employees lied. Maybe they flat out knew that HEC wasn't going to be back. Maybe they didn't want to break them the truth then. Maybe Blizzard had told everybody, hey, we're not bringing this back, but if you say anything, we're going to sue you to the moon and back because we don't want this getting out during a, the HEC final at BlizzCon. We don't want people to just walk off the stage. We don't want a kerfluffle. We don't want any sort of scenes to happen. So just pretend everything's going to be okay. You have to assume that some of these people knew what the hell was going on. You have to. There's no way that some of these employees didn't know what was going on. There's no way that Blizzard woke up on December 13th and said, Hey, you know, we're going to cancel Heroes of the Storm. That's it. We're going to cancel HGC. It was planned. They knew it. They knew it for months. I would imagine they knew it at BlizzCon that HGC was not going to be a thing anymore. And it's very infuriating. On every end, because perhaps these employees didn't know and they felt really bad for telling these pro players, yeah, keep at it. We're going to be back. Guys, go get your sponsors. And that's another thing. Sponsorship for this game was starting to pick up. These pro streamers were getting sponsors and finding livelihoods, and now it's gone. It is all gone. I can imagine a lot of these sponsors would be angry at Blizzard as well and probably burned a few bridges along the way because they still have a couple of pro scenes out there. Hearthstone is still... As far as I know, being played competitively at some events, and maybe even though they're not completely associated with Blizzard in that sense, in the pro scene, maybe, you know, sponsors will be like, hey, that's part of a Blizzard company, let's not do that, because they may just terminate the game. And then these sponsors just go, hey, there's other leagues out there, there's Dota, there's LoL, we can go see them, there's, you know, COD, there's Counter-Strike, there's a whole bunch of different pro leagues out there that will more than happily take these sponsors off Blizzard's hands. So I think the long-term ramifications for Blizzard canceling this and burning all those bridges is that they may lose out, especially in the Overwatch League, on certain sponsors. Maybe the sponsors will be like, yeah, we don't trust you. We, yeah, sure, we signed a contract with you, but yeah, I mean, you had these other guys on contract too. Why would we stick around? Let's go. Let's boogie. Hey, hey, TSM, Liquid, do you guys need you guys need some sponsors for LOL? Because, I mean, yeah, we're willing to. We're willing to throw money at you to get our logo on the stream of Bjergsen or something like that. It's hard to swallow in the long run. 
And I've kind of rambled on for a little bit about this now. And the long and short of it is, many people lost their livelihoods. Many people lost their jobs. Many people chased their dreams and possibly dropped out of more practical things to pursue this full time. And yes, it's a risk. I fully understand that. Anything that has to do with a professional scene like this, a professional league, is always going to carry risks with it. Not all hockey players, not all baseball, basketball, football players, soccer players. Not all of them get to do what they want to do after their playing days are done. Some get cut, some get sent down to a lower league, and then, you know, they're just kind of scraping by. Sure, they're still playing the game they love for a living, but it's not quite the same as somebody like Ronaldo who's bringing them the big bucks. And how does that relate to this? Well, it does in a sense that they just got cut. Every single HGC professional player just got cut from their league. They can no longer make money on what they were doing for the last few years. It's the only thing they know, it's the only experience they have in any sort of workforce. So how do you translate that into the real world? It's very difficult. They rely on this sort of stuff. They rely on streaming these games after their playing days are done. If you look at Dyrus from TSM, he has a huge following on Twitch. Same with I'm a Cutie Pie. These guys haven't played professionally in years, but they still garner some of the most active and lively streams. But you can't do that when a game doesn't have a pro scene and nobody really cares about the competitive nature of it anymore. So my heart goes out to all these HGC players, and all the casual fans, people like me who just don't have the heart to play it anymore. If Blizzard thought they had low numbers before, well, you can only imagine what it's going to be like now. That's it for the Creep Score podcast today. My name again is Casey, and if you want to reach me for anything, give me some insight, tell me how bad this was, tell me how good this was, whatever you want, hit me up at my email at cjv chaplin that's c-h-a-p-l-i-n at gmail.com i'll do my best to get back to you as quickly as possible and you can look forward to weekly updates of this podcast i'll try to release three at the beginning and remember if you really enjoy what you hear drop a review it really helps people like me the small podcaster to kind of get noticed a little bit more until next time thank you